Howdy everybody. The following is a recorded discussion with Chaplain Raymond, our Attorney General from the Republic State of Texas. We've been covering a book called The Authority of Law by Charles A. Wiseman. And we've been in a court case the last few days. Today we covered pages 51 through 55. Hope you enjoy. Okay, this is dealing with the authorities of law on Tuesday, March 8th. 2011, we're inside of the court case, the Minnesota court case, with John R. Smith. Uh, we're just going to continue reading from that court case where I left off yesterday. Our plan is to have uh, the court case back uh, by the end of the week, or a document back by the end of the week that is a motion that could be used in Texas. Okay, we're starting anew now. The complaints in question allege that the accused, who is John R. Smith, has committed several crimes by the violation of certain laws which are listed in the said complaints. To wit, he had an intent to escape tax, and that's a Minnesota statute, section 168.35. He had no plates affixed to a vehicle, that's Minnesota Statute Section 169.79. No insurance, Minnesota Statute 169.797, Subdivision 2. No Minnesota registration, Minnesota Statute Section 168.36. And driving after revocation, Minnesota Statute 171.24, Subdivision 2. I being, is John R. Smith. I have been informed that these laws or statutes used in the complaints against myself are located in and derived from a collection of books entitled Minnesota Statutes. Upon looking up these laws in this publication, I realized that they do not adhere to several constitutional provisions of the Minnesota Constitution. Need page four. By Article four of the Constitution of Minnesota, 1857, all lawmaking authority for the state is vested in the legislature of Minnesota. This article also prescribes certain forms, modes, and procedures that must be followed in order for a valid load law, excuse me, valid law to exist under the Constitution. It is fundamental that nothing can be a law that is not enacted by the legislature prescribed in the Constitution and which fails to conform to constitutional forms, prerequisites, or prohibitions. These are the grounds for challenging the subject matter jurisdiction of this court, and since the validity of a law on a complaint or indictment goes to the jurisdiction of a court, the following explains in authoritative detail why the laws cited in the complaints against the accused are not constitutionally valid laws. By constitutional mandate, all laws must have an enacting clause. 
one of the forms that all laws are required to follow by the Constitution of Minnesota 1857 is that they contain an enacting style or clause. This provision is stated as Article 4, Section 13. The style of all laws of this state shall be being enacted by the legislature of the state of Montana. None of the laws cited in the complaints against the accused as found in the Minnesota Statutes 1994 contain any enacting clauses. The constitutional provisions which prescribe an enacting clause for all laws is not directory but is mandatory. This provision is to be strictly adhered to as asserted by the Supreme Court of Minnesota. When it said, upon both principle and authority, we hold that Article 4, Section 13 of our Constitution, which provides that the style of all laws of this state shall be, quote, be it enacted by the legislature of the state of Minnesota, unquote, is mandatory and not a statute without any enacting clause is void. What is, what is the purpose of the constitutional provision for an enacting clause? I'm sorry. To determine the validity of using laws without an enacting clause against citizens, we need to determine the purpose and function of an enacting clause, and also to see what problem or evils were intended to be avoided by including such a provision in our state constitution. One object of the constitutional mandate is for an enacting clause, or an enacting clause, is to show that the law is one enacted by the legislative body which has been given the lawmaking authority under this constitution. The purpose of thus prescribing an enacting clause, the style of the acts, is to establish it, to give it permanence, uniformity, and certainty to identify the act of legislation as of the General Assembly, to afford evidence of its legislative statutory nature, and to secure uniformity of identification and thus prevent inadvertence, possibly mistake, and looking for the next page. It takes a while to get to you. Fraud. Yeah. Now it gives a whole list of uh, sites for various cases and uh, that explain this. What is the object of the style of a bill or an acting clause anyway? To show the authority by which the bill is enacted into law. To show that the act comes from a place pointed out by the Constitution as the source of legislation. The purpose of identifying the lawmaking authority of a law, it has been repeatedly declared by the courts of this land 
that an enacting clause is to appear on the face of every law which the people are expected to follow and obey. The almost unbroken custom of centuries has been to preface laws with a statement in some form declaring the enacting authority. The purpose of an enacting clause of a statute is to identify it, is an act, it as an act of legislation by expressing on its face the authority behind the act. For an enacting clause to appear on the face of a law, it must be recorded or published with the law so the public can readily identify the authority for that particular law which they are expected to follow. The statutes used in the complaints against the accused have no enacting clauses. They thus cannot be identified as acts of legislation of the state of Minnesota pursuant to its lawmaking authority under Article 4 of the Constitution of Minnesota. I, I hear a pounding or something. Is somebody knocking on their computer? Yeah, I hear it also. I think it's gone. But the Supreme Court of Georgia asserted that a statute must have an enacting clause, even though their state constitution had no provision for the measure. The court stated that an enacting clause establishes a law or statute as being true and authentic law of the state. Can you scroll down? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and the quote is, the enacting clause is that portion of a statute which gives it jurisdictional identity. And that's a new phrase for us. A statute which gives it jurisdictional identity and constitutional authenticity. The failure of a law to display on its face an enacting clause deprives it of essential legality and renders a statute which omits such clause as a nullity and of no force of law, which the court case just immediately quoted above states. The statutes cited in the complaints have no jurisdictional identity and are not authentic laws under the Constitution of Minnesota. The Court of Appeals of Kentucky held that the constitutional provision requiring an enacting clause is a basic concept which has a direct effect upon the validity of a law. The court, in dealing with a law that had contained no enacting clause, stated the alleged act or law in question is unnamed. It shows no sign of authority. It carries with it no evidence that the General Assembly or any other lawmaking power is responsible or answerable for it. By an enacting clause, the makers of the Constitution intended 
that the General Assembly should make its impress or seal, as it were, upon each enactment for the sake of identity and to assume and show responsibility. While the Constitution makes this a necessity, it did not originate it. The custom is in use practically everywhere and is, in all, is as old as parliamentary government, as old as king's decrees, and even they borrowed it. The decrees of Cyrus, king of Persians, Persia, which Holy Writ records, were not the first to be prefaced with a statement of authority. The law was delivered takes a while to get to you. It's amazing. Oh, you mean be sent? Yeah, or to change the screen for you. To, to Moses, in the name of the great I Am, and the prologue to the great no less majestic and impelling. But whether these edicts and commands be promulgated by the supreme ruler, or by petty kings, or by the sovereign people themselves, they have always begun with some form as a evidence of power and authority. The laws used against the accused are unnamed. They show no sign of authority on their face as recorded in the Minnesota statutes. They carry with them no evidence that the legislature of Minnesota, pursuant to Article 4 of the Constitution of Minnesota, 1857, is responsible for these laws. Without an enacting clause, the laws referenced to in the complaints have no official evidence that they are from an authority which I am subject to to obey. When the questions of the objects intended to be secured by the enacting clause provision was before the Supreme Court of Minnesota, the court held that such a clause was necessary to show the people who are to obey the law the authority for their obedience. It was revealed that historically this was a main use for an enacting clause and thus its use is a fundamental concept of law. The court stated, All written laws in all times and in all countries, whether in the form of decrees issued by absolute monarchs or statutes enacted by king and council or by a representative body, have, as a rule, expressed upon their face the authority by which they were promulgated or enacted. The almost unbroken custom of centuries has been to preface laws with a statement in some form declaring the enacting authority. If such an enacting clause is a mere matter of form, a relic of antiquity, serving no useful purpose, why should the constitutions of so many of our states require that all laws must have an enacting clause and prescribe its form. 
if an enacting clause is useful and important, if it is desirable that laws shall bear upon their face the authority by which they are enacted, so that the people who are to obey them need not search legislative and other records to ascertain the authority, that it is not beneath the dignity of the framers of the Constitution or unworthy of such an instrument to prescribe a uniform style for such enacting clause. I gotta find my place. <laughs> <laughs> the words of the Constitution. The words of the Constitution that the style of all laws of this state shall be, quote, be it enacted by the legislature of the state of Minnesota, unquote. These words imply that all laws must be so expressed or declared to the end that they may express upon their face the authority by which they were enacted, and if they do not so declare, they are not laws of this state. This case was, case was initiated when it was discovered that the law related to building loan and savings associations had no enacting clause as it was printing in the statute books, Laws 1897, the court made it clear that a law existing in that manner is void. The purported laws in the complaints, which the accused is said to have violated, are referenced to various laws found printed in the Minnesota Statutes book. I have looked up the laws charged against me in this book and found no enacting clause for any of these laws. A citizen is not expected or required to search through other or books for the enacting authority. That's important. If such enacting authority is not on the face of the laws, which are referenced in a complaint, then they are not laws of this state, and thus are not laws to which I am subject. Since they are not laws of this state, the above-named court has no subject matter jurisdiction, as there can be no crime which can exist from failing to follow laws which do not constitutionally exist. Um, you have to excuse my crowd here for the moment. Um, in speaking on the necessity and purpose that each law be prefaced with an enacting, enacting clause, the Supreme Court of Tennessee quoted the first portion of the Schoberg or Joburg case cited above and then stated, Excuse me, I'm going to have to close the door. Okay, I'm back. Someone tell me where I was. In speaking on the necessity and purpose, 
It's speaking on the necessity and purpose that each law be prefaced with an enacting clause. The Supreme Court of Tennessee quoted the first portion of the Schobert case cited above and then stated, the purpose of this character is that all statutes may bear upon their faces a declaration of sovereign authority by which they are enacted and declared to be the law and to promote and preserve uniformity in legislation. Such clauses also import a command of obedience and clothe the statute with a certain dignity, believed in all times to command respect and aid in the enforcement of laws. The use of an enacting clause does not merely serve as a flag under which bills run, bills run the course through the legislative machinery. The enacting clause of the law goes to its substance and is not merely procedural. Any purported statute which has no enacting clause on its face is not legally and obligatory upon the people, as it is not constitutionally a law at all. The Supreme Court of Michigan, citing numerous authorities, said that an enacting clause was a requisite to a valid law since the enacting provision was mandatory. It stated, it is necessary that every law should show on its face the authority by which it is adopted and promulgated and that it should clearly appear that it is intended by the legislative power that enacts it that it should take effect as a law. The laws of the Minnesota statutes do not show on their face the authority by which they are adopted and promulgated. There is nothing on their face which declares they law or that they are of the proper legislative authority in this state. These and other authorities then all hold that enacting clauses of the law is to be on its face. It must appear directly above the content or body of the law. To be on the face of the law does not and cannot mean that the enacting clause can be buried away in some other volume or some other book or records. Face. This is the Black Law Dictionary definition. The surface of anything, especially the front, upper, or outer part or surface, that which particularly offers itself to a view of a spectator, that which is shown by the language employed without any explanation, modification, or addition from facts or evidence. The enacting clause must be intrinsic to the law and not extrinsic to it. That is, it cannot be hidden away in other records or books. Thus, the enacting clause is regarded as part of the law and has to appear directly with the law on its face so that one charged with said laws knows the authority by which it exists. How are we doing on time? What page Good. is this, John? This is um, the eighth page of this case.
case. It's 17 pages, and we start a, another section here, so it might be a good place to stop. Okay. Um, I was wondering, um, see, I'm not going to read anymore. What is your impression of how good these words are at explaining what the situation is with stating the enacting clause in the volume that contains the law? Are these fairly clear? Yes, it is very clear. Now, the interesting case is the one we have here just finished where it's saying it cannot be in another volume. All right? So you can say, well, he got the law, and it's not there. But what of a case where the one you see first says it is enacted by the Congress of, say, the United States, and then it references, but it's only book 68A. Is that a valid enactment clause? According to what you said last week, no. All right. So it works the other way as well. If you find an enactment clause pointing somewhere, it, it better be repeated in the book you get to. In other words, when you get to that new book that it's talking about, you open it, it must say on its face, be it enacted. Well, in the case of the Title Four of Texas Code, it's not there. Then you know for a certainty that many of these arguments apply. I know of a certainty because I looked it up. I spent a lot of time looking it up. And I'm having my so friend look it up also to make sure that I was correct. Yeah, but we're talking about these these particular words in this motion is what I was talking about. For a certainty, they would apply. Does this style of presenting a false art and acting clause have a name? In the law, motion. No, I, I mean of. No, I, I mean you, it's argument, if nothing else. It's just argument. Okay. Okay. The style in the Texas Constitution at uh, Article Three, Section Four, says that. I'll read the whole thing to you. The legislative power of this state shall be vested in two distinct branches. The one to be styled, the Senate, and the other, the House of Representatives, and both together, the legislature of the state of Texas. The style of the all laws shall be be it enacted by the legislature of the state of Texas. That's the whole section four. 
Excellent. The 1845 Constitution of the State of Texas. Excellent. And that is what made me state that I want to go to make this particular case fit Texas, because Texas is, seems to be unique in both its constitution and its phrases. Yes, I understand. And may I mention to you that when you look up the laws that were passed in the Republic prior to the annexation in the Union, that every paragraph begins with the words, be it enacted. It is, it's not only on its face at the very beginning, but apparently in the meantime, they were aware that things and people had maybe done some unscrupulous things with it. And every paragraph begins with the words, be it enacted. So you might see it four or five times on every page. Well, that's good. Now, when we do this case over the way I'm doing it, can we use stare decisis in a lot of these other cases and put them in, back in here? It depends on which ones. Yeah, I mean you're 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 relying on the uh, what you're establishing here is that the practice of requiring it is long standing. 